The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. Of course, I don't know how you can't be riled up on the Cowboys after that performance, Tom. The ninth time this season, is it? Am I reading this? The ninth time this season the Cowboys have won a game by 20-plus points, and yeah. That's wow. The- <laughs> and of course, if you were watching the broadcast, you saw the statistic they put up, Tom. The last three teams to win at least eight games of 20 plus points or more during the regular season all did what? Made it to the Super Bowl. That would be a first for this we Cowboys organization. Fingers. Nearly 30 years. But it is a possibility, right? And that being said, is kind of where we want to start things off. What a victory! against the Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys were three-and-a-half-point favorites, and there were plenty of people, Tom, that were angsting over whether or not you might take the Cowboys with the hook, as they say in the business, right, with that half a point. And instead, the Cowboys just brushed this team aside. Did almost, as you pointed out, kind of similar to what they did in the first game, the ball just happened to bounce their way this time around. Yeah, that's that's one of the things you always have to be careful about because turnovers were huge in this game. Now, the Cowboys, you know, they got one in the first half that stopped what could have been an Eagle scoring drive. I think that was the one that led to the first of uh, Aubrey's field goals, the 60-yarder. Uh, but they put together three touchdown drives that half and were pretty much showing a little bit of domination then, you know, the two fumbles in the second half that they got uh, kind of, you know, were more than a counter for the Romo strip sack fumble uh, touchdown, which, uh, you know, that 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 stung a little bit. It was but it was really more irritating than it was worrisome, because at that time it was like, yeah, they were they were still up a good margin, and they just buckled it buckled it on and went out and and they didn't score any more touchdowns, which uh, which uh, excuse me, Dak was a little bit miffed about at the end of the game. You could tell that he felt like they left points on the field that they should have scored and that they could have have done better with their third down conversions. 
Uh, but it's an awfully good safety blanket to know that if you can just get somewhere in the general vicinity of the other half of the field, that Brandon Aubrey's going to kick one right down the middle about 10 feet over the crossbar. Yeah, I think I'm about ready to test it, whether or not we even need to get to the other side of the field <laughs> to attempt a field goal. Like for 49 plus seven, that's 56, 66. He could hit a 66-yarder based on what we saw when yeah. he hit it from 60, and it still hit the net, Tom. I know. It still hit the net. Which is like another 10 yards or 15 yards beyond the back of the end zone. Yes. That's, that was incredible. And not just the fact that he hits it right. He doesn't sneak it over like one of the corners, right? It's not like a bottom 90 type of situation. It is still directly in the middle of the two posts that are hanging upwards, right? It's like cutting them in half nearly every time he makes a kick. I mean, you can't talk enough about Butter Aubrey, as they yeah, did. He did it. Yeah, he, yeah, he spread the butter four times, didn't he? You know, it's like just everything. Like, it's just it's all piped. It's all just piped right down yeah. the middle. So that was a you know another inspiring, uh, certainly, and you know hopeful thing to see for the Cowboys as we look forward. You know, you mentioned the fumble there for a bit. Like I will say. My text thread lit up just a bit, right? The group text got a little squirrely there for those that still don't believe in Dak. And I, you know, at some point I may need to put some of these guys on blast after what we've seen here recently. But believe it or not, Tom, I still got people that are in my everyday life that do not believe Dak Prescott will get them over the hump when it matters most. And to them, I say, like, I, I guess you can continue to believe that. And they were very active after that fumble. Oh, here we go. This is how we let him back in. And yet the Cowboys extremely calmly just went down the field and said, no, that's that's not the way this game is going to go. It's not going to turn on and that kept, one play. That was a horrible shutting, mistake. Yeah, and kept shutting down the, the Eagles offense. I, I give them a special level of credit because they only saw the tush push actually executed one time in the game. And that's how you stop the Eagles. That was uh, what else I was going to say. They never gave them a chance to use it. Yeah. They didn't, there wasn't there wasn't really a third and three, third and one, like fourth and two, fourth and one situation the entire game. And it's the other two. thing, though, yeah, I, I mean, there wasn't really like I know there were a couple. Right. But in general, right. You don't look at that game and feel yeah. like, man, I saw a lot of tush pushing. The other thing that I think played a role. Right. Did Jalen Hurts take a shot there that prevented him from moving? Because after he ran the ball the fourth time. It was on his fourth carry. He and, and it was basically just, a, you know, not even a scramble out to a run. It was just a designed run off to the right side. And he got no yardage. It was the first time the Cowboys kind of stopped him up. And they hit him in the side. And after that, I don't feel like he took off at all. Now, maybe the Cowboys prevented him from being able to do that. But I also felt like there was something there going on with Jalen that was be. preventing him. I mean, I know he's probably not 100% at this point anyway. But that, if I was that's, an Eagles fan, I'd be concerned about what I saw. And that that's that's the uh, the the risk when you have a quarterback where you depend on his legs a lot. He's going to take hits, mm. um, you know. And so I, I didn't didn't pick up on that myself. Might, maybe it might be a good thing for you, but 
I think we did make it more believable that the Eagles were kind of a smoke and mirrors operation. Yeah. Uh, that they were getting at least two or three of their wins of their 10, uh, just with a little luck and some happenstance and, and everything bouncing just right, like it did in the first Cowboys game. Because had the Cowboys recovered the, a couple of those fumbles, it would have been an entirely different contest. So, yeah, I, I think that's true. But here's the thing. As I have explained in the article that will be uh, – tied to this podcast i'm more worried about the bills right now than i think i was all week worrying about the eagles uh i'm I'm with you i think they're they're a tougher test right now than the eagles because i combine that with the fact that the eagles really aren't just playing that well as a team but also i mean the eagles defense is not there that is not coming around to a championship caliber defense anytime soon. Their secondary is toast, every single one of them. The Bills, at least, have a respectable defense. Now, their yeah. offense has missed here recently, right? Well, maybe not recently, but throughout this season, right? They've looked up and down. Josh Allen has turned the ball over, still an exorbitant amount of time. Mm-hmm. But having said all that, we know how dangerous they are. They have the weapons offensively to do it. And with the changes that they've made from the offensive play calling coordinator standpoint, they do look like a much more formidable team than they did even three or four weeks ago. And now they are fighting for their playoff lives after getting the upset win over the Kansas City Chiefs, another team that's not playing the way we've seen them play in past years. Uh, So that makes them dangerous to me. They really need this win or their playoff hopes take a serious hit. Uh, you know, it's like at, at the moment, they've only got a, like a, a 49% chance of, of even making the playoffs and uh, just a 23% chance of overtaking the Dolphins, another team that stumbled a little bit. So it's it's really, you know, that's a team that's going to be looking to do something because they don't have many more chances. The Cowboys, uh, as we were talking about before we started recording, come into this game, you know, win and they're in. You know, they they have made the playoffs. The New York Times actually has their chance of making the playoffs as 99% plus. They won't quite give them 100% because they, they, you know, there is, I guess, some weird, bizarre sequence of events that could lock them out if they didn't win any games going forward, which I certainly am not hoping they're going to do. But they, you know, they win this game, they are in. And even if they should stumble, if they tie, they're in. And even if they should stumble in this game, there are 13 different scenarios of wins and losses by other teams that would put them in, but that's not how they want to get in. They don't want to back in. They want to walk in themselves. However, they may kick this ball off knowing they've got their playoff slot locked up. That is, that is a consideration. I do not think that is going to affect the play or the way they approach it at all, but they will be aware if that's true. Uh, and I think they need to keep their killer instinct alive and go after the Bills hard 
don't give them a chance, you know, pounce on any mistakes and don't make mistakes themselves. Well, this is a dangerous game for that reason, I think. Like, you get a Bills team, as you said, it's kind of their last opportunity. I mean, they're on death's door in terms of their season potential and their playoff picture, and that makes them desperate. That makes them a little bit scary in my mind. Whereas, and I agree with you, while I don't think the fact that the Cowboys might potentially clinch changes their mentality to any degree before the game. I do think their mentality going in is at risk of maybe taking this a little bit lighter than Buffalo would be, who is treating this like a winner-go-home situation. Mm -hmm. For the Cowboys, it is clearly not that. In fact, you could argue whether they win this game or lose, they're still going to wind up in the same spot come the end of the regular season, and that is – where the statistics have them falling at, right? The probabilities have them falling at, which is fifth in the Mm -hmm. NFC, right? Ultimately, because of the Eagles' remaining schedule, if you haven't heard already, and you probably have, but they basically got a cakewalk. And unless they stumble drastically, they will retake the lead in the division against the Cowboys. And there's kind of nothing the Cowboys can do about it. To that end, right? Like, I'm a little bit fearful of this game. I could see in years past... A Cowboys team taking their foot off the gas for this game for one reason or another, whether Mm -hmm. it's the heels of playing a big division rival in prime time and having exhausted so much during that game, or it's simply the fact that, yeah, like this is not a desperation mode game for the Cowboys. They have no reason to feel that way. But I sincerely believe, I guess I, I, I fear that potential. In years past, that might have crept up my neck and given me that ill will feeling. I don't have that feeling with this team, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Mike McCarthy, I believe, has instilled something in this team. And he deserves a lot of credit. uh, And a lot of people are kind of eating crow over their their takes on him uh, over the past, over the season. And, I got a decent you know, maybe... mouthful myself. I've been critical of Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. at times. Like, I question whether or not he would change his philosophy. And, and, like, I would maybe defend myself a little bit in saying that I was right at the beginning of the season. He did do exactly what I predicted he would. He just had the capacity and the knowledge and the understanding to listen to people around him, it seems – and, and change his approach. And for that, he deserves and gets all the credit in the world, Tom, for where he's taking yeah. his team today. Yeah, and and old friend of the, the site and current podcast member of the uh, of our network, uh, Rabble Rouser was on the uh, Tuesday night live stream that they asked me to step in because some somebody, people couldn't make it. I believe Tony Catalina had to cancel at the last second on him. I stepped in. Rabble pointed out something very pertinent. They were having a lot of problems with getting a healthy offensive line on the field in those first mm. few games. After the bye, they got the offensive line stabilized, and suddenly it's like, okay, now we can let Dak take five and seven step drops and not have to get the ball out on a three step drop all the time. Mm. Suddenly the playbook opened up oh. and I think that might have a little bit to do with it. That's Uh, good. 
Yeah. yeah, it was it was a brilliant observation from a guy whose intellect I respect greatly, and, and you know it's 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 also the I just want to mention the contrast right now between the conferences because the the NFC has arguably the two best teams in the NFL right now, the Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but there are only five teams in the whole conference that are above 500 right now. 11 of them are six and seven or worse. Yeah, it's amazing when you go look at it. Uh, wow. it, seems, it seems inevitable that at least the AFC South uh, winner is going to go into the playoffs with a losing record, and it's possibly one of the wild or the other wild cards might. Uh, meanwhile, you flip it around, and the AFC is kind of doesn't have anybody really standing out at the top. Maybe the Baltimore Ravens, but they're not quite as formidable looking. And yet, eleven of their teams are seven and six or better, and still very much in the playoff hunt. Uh, you know, it's just Buffalo's in the wrong place, at the wrong time. You know, in a fashion. Uh, you know, if the the NFC right now, it's getting into the playoffs is easy. It's just there's one or two roadblocks uh, in the playoffs that teams are going to have to deal with. Uh, so you know, it's it's you know Buffalo knows it's got a kind of a must win situation here. But they know they need a lot more than just winning this game. They've got to carry on. And like you said, the pressure's kind of off the Cowboys, which I'm hoping it's going to prove that with the pressure off, they play looser and freer and go out and have a good game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I hope that will be the case, as we all do, because, I mean, the Cowboys have been playing about, I mean, as seemingly as loose as you could, right? Mm -hmm. Stephon Gilmore and the entire defense is playing with swagger. Obviously, Deron Bland had already had that. You know, if we could get – I still am asking for a little bit more from the run game, although I do like how they have incorporated Rico Dowdle here mm -hmm. recently. I think maybe they gave him like they were wanting to incorporate him a little bit more. And then he had that ankle tweak right before a game two weeks ago. And so they rested him just a bit, leaned on Pollard. And now they're back to letting the two of them, you know, do things together. And 
I think a couple people held their breath when he had to exit just for a little bit in that game and thankfully came back and and was looking spry. You know, as you pointed out, right, the offensive line being all together and having some of those weapons as well, that's going to prove nicely for them when they go into these situations like what they're going to be facing in Buffalo. So speaking of, right, forecast for Buffalo, you might be thinking, hey, going to be a big snowfall, wintry bluster, all that good stuff. Not so much forecasted expected to be about a high of 45 a low of 32 tom as of today here on thursday now that could change between now and then but right now it's looking like it's going to be a beautiful afternoon in buffalo except maybe rain and that's the according to the forecast i looked at uh on early wednesday i did look at that they were saying there was a chance of rain and drizzle which could contribute to the turnover factor. And does that really weigh more heavily on the Bills than on the Cowboys? I mean, Dak's been protecting the ball quite well. Even not even if you look at the one fumble he had against the Eagles, uh, I think that's only his second fumble of the year. And he, of course, has thrown very few picks. Uh, one of the best in the league at that. Uh among the quarterbacks who have been out there because yeah, this is, that's a, another thing affecting so much of the league is like backup quarterbacks are having to play everywhere. I think I saw somebody, I think Scott Cashmer, uh, who people might know of from, from Twitter and his coverage of odds and stuff. He meant and mentioned the fact that the first three games played this week faces is a case of two backup quarterbacks facing one another. Uh, So the Cowboys and the Bills come in with their starting quarterbacks, both of whom I think at least need to be discussed in the MVP conversation. Uh, Josh Allen is, let's just be frank, he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts and offers a more dangerous challenge, even though he does get sloppy with the ball. He doesn't get sacked very much because he's strong and mobile. He can hurt you with his legs, although they don't feature that as much. That's more of a every now and then they'll pull it out the way the Cowboys do with Dak. But he Uh, does it enough. Like he gets, I mean, I would say between like five to eight carries a game and four of those usually are either like by design or him just kind of deciding, okay, I don't like my first read, but there's an avenue there and I'm just going to take it. And with that, right, I mean, he's basically this year's Jalen Hurts when it comes to rushing touchdowns. He just doesn't do it from the one-yard line all the time. Yeah, he doesn't have a, you know, mountain of beef in front of him pushing ahead. Uh, He is their number two runner right now uh, as far as gaining on the ground. Uh, You know, the uh, – you know, they're – I've lost – I've lost – They haven't gotten a lot of run – bingo. Like, they haven't really – well – They've turned to James Cook here recently. I only know mm-hmm. this because I got James Cook on my fantasy team. They had kind of shied away from him. We're working like him in with a Latavius Murray almost split. Here recently, right, the last three games or so since they fired their offensive coordinator made that change, James Cook is very much the man. From a snap percentage, he's like in the 90, 90 percentile every game of the past couple of games in snap percentage. But I think where he's doing his most damage is not in running the ball. It's that they've incorporated him as a pass catcher. Like with the mm-hmm. loss of Dawson Knox, they finally figured out a way to get James Cook more involved. And prior to three weeks ago, 
right? James Cook had only had four targets in one game all year. In the last three games, he's had at least four targets in all three of those. And in two of them, he's had 83 and 57 yards receiving. So to me, like, I agree, they're not really leaning on the run game. In fact, I don't think they believe they have a whole lot of confidence in their own run game. But maybe they don't need to because, as you stated, right, Allen's kind of an extension of that run game to a degree. They find Cooks out of the backfield, passing it to him. You know, what is your take on what we've seen from Stefan Diggs here recently and how does he match up against the Cowboys secondary? Well, he's the clear number one. Uh, I don't put him on the level of A.J. Brown, uh, but he's got a better quarterback throwing to him, I believe. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they put Stefan Gilmore. So we have the Stefan versus Stefan duel most of the game. Uh, which which, I think which they, Stefan is better, PH or F? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd have to say I'd like to see Gilmore's. I think he's got a good chance of being able to win that battle enough the same way he did against Brown. He didn't shut Brown down. Brown still got a lot of yards. He just didn't let him hurt the team. And of course, knock the ball loose and got the ball back for the Cowboys. Uh, you know, cause if you can handle uh digs, uh, you know, then, you know, they're, they're There's not a lot two, else that can hurt you. Yeah. The, yeah. Gabriel Davis and Khalil Shaf- Shaker or yeah, Khalil Shaker. Shakir. Like he's Thank been you. a nice weapon for them here recently, but like he's also been phased out now. Well, I think what's more interesting in this matchup to me is what will the Bills attack the Cowboys with? Because early on in the season, they established a pattern of two tight end sets with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis on the outsides. They weren't using Shakir a lot because they had Dawson Knox along with Kincaid, to run that kind of two-tight end set game. When Dawson Knox got hurt, he broke his hand and was out for like six weeks. Again, I know this thanks to fantasy. Dalton Kincaid became the de facto number two and was being peppered with targets as if he was a secondary wide receiver. Well, Dawson Knox returned two weeks ago, Tom. And since his return, Kincaid has been used substantially less in the passing game. And Shakir from a three wide receiver set standpoint has seen the field about a third of the time as he was when Knox was there. So I'm anticipating that even though we've seen a little bit of like a run and gun bills type of offense here recently, I think they might try to attack the Cowboys on the ground. I think they're going to use a lot of two tight end sets. And I think they do need to be mindful of what guys like Dawson Knox and Kincaid are doing there on the inside. Cause I don't fear Gabe Davis. Ooh, a wrinkle vote. Uh, Kincaid got hurt in the last game is considered day to day. He is, uh, but he practiced today. He's got a thumb injury and a shoulder thing. The thumb injury just cropped up. He only left last game because of a shoulder injury, but he, they do expect him to play, right? Like he's yeah. already telling reporters he's going to be there, but I but agree is, that it's it, wrinkle to consider. Is he going to be that effective? We don't know. Uh, I, I do like how the Cowboys are playing, especially, especially as well as their patchwork linebacker core keeps performing. I was looking at the article about PFF grades for those who put any weight on those at all. And the, the, you know, Damone Clark and Marquise Bell, you know, they're, they're, those guys are just showing up and playing and, you know, it's, 
that's who's going to have to help against the, the, the tight ends. Uh, and the safeties graded out well in the game. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, they seem to be swarming to the ball. I noticed an odd little fact when I was doing some research that you have to go all the way to 50 before you find the top Cowboys tackler when you look at the list of all NFL defensive players, which, yeah, you kind of squint. And then you think about that a minute and you realize, well, that's because maybe they're all tackling and not relying on one or two people to, to get there. And I think the swarming to the ball thing that Dan Quinn has them doing is, is just very important, and we're going to see a lot of that. We know that the Cowboys have a formidable pass rush. We know the Bills have a pretty good pass blocking group. Uh, so that's going to be a key matchup. But obviously, if you can pressure Allen, mistakes can happen. And, you know, with a, maybe with a wet ball, it just there's, you know, you, you can't rely on takeaways. But with the Cowboys, you can always – hope for them because there's always a chance something's going to happen. Deron Bland's still working, uh, you know, in every pass play. You never know when he's going to jump around and get headed the other way, which he does so superbly better than anybody in the NFL has ever done it. Well, I mean, in this particular game, like maybe you can't rely on turnovers to win you the game solely, but if the Cowboys don't get one turnover against Josh Allen, then that would actually buck the trend. Yeah, Josh Allen has averaged more than one interception a game thus far this season, right? He's thrown a pick, in fact, Tom, in each of his last nine contests. So Josh Allen is very much ripe to be picked off. And while, hey, he can sling it, right? We know he can throw for 300. We know what he can do with his legs. He is susceptible to the turnover. And I think the Cowboys do take advantage of one or two of those in this game for them, right? If they don't turn the ball over, I feel very confident in this game, which is why I'm curious on your thoughts on this. You know, the bills are favored by a point and a half. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys are getting points here. Yeah. And, you know, I don't understand the whole points thing. And, and in, remember that a lot of that is sometimes just to get more money into the game to, to bring more betters in by making them think things. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do have some research. One in particular that I looked at was the Dallas offense against the Buffalo defense, uh, how they performed. Uh, it looks like, Dak and company should be able to run up some yards because the uh, Bills are uh, only 14th in yards allowed. Uh, and, but they are stingy in allowing touchdowns. They only allow 18.8 points per game, which is the sixth best in the league. Which you look at the Cowboys, how they've done, which is they tend to move up and down at will between the 20s. Now, they had three successful red zone trips uh, against the Eagles, but they only got in the red zone three times. And that's where you start getting concerned. Uh, if the Cowboys, you know, are piling, you know, make, having 60-yard drives or, you know, 55-yard drives and having to wind up relying on Aubrey to come out and get a pretty much automatic three points, does that open the door for the Bills to 
get into a shootout with them and try to score more points. Uh, that is one thing I think the Cowboys really need to focus on, uh, you know, do a better job of, of converting third downs and keeping it alive and getting into the end zone. Uh, they, this is a, the bills are a team that can strike fast as we've seen of late and the Cowboys need to pile up some points and get a lead on them. Uh, you know, I think uh, the Cowboys, it would be really nice to see this play out where they go into the fourth quarter with a couple of touchdown leads. And in that case, I'd feel pretty confident Cowboys would find a way to win it. But if it's closer than that, it's going to be a nail biter. Well, I think you kind of expect that going up against Josh Allen. If you get anything better than it's icing on on the cake, but you have to anticipate that he's going to keep them in the game until the final whistle. And for the most part, that is pretty much what I am anticipating. Though I do think in the end, when all the dust is settled, Tom, I think the Cowboys walk out of a very hostile Buffalo environment. It's one of the few places I think they would go and not be able to take it over with their own away home crowd. Uh, definitely can't do that in Buffalo, but I do still think the Cowboys find a way to win this one, Tom. I just feel like 30-27, Cowboys yeah. find a way to pull it out in the end. Yeah, I I do think we're not going to hear as much of Dax. Here we go, Paul, because you're, they're going to have to be on silent counts. That is a fanatical fan base, and let's face it, that is not exactly a place you circle on your calendars where you want to spend the football weekend because of the great entertainment stuff around it. Um, and you know, which and if, I don't mean that as a knock. It's just one of the few remaining small market teams that are in a kind of a rural area. You know, they, there used to be more of those, but most of the teams have either relocated or they're, you know, they've just seen their, their metropolitan areas grow and blossom. And the, you know, Buffalo is just not that. And that means that team, which is really, you know, other than, than their, their NHL team, that's all there is. And those fans are invested. Without a doubt. Well, they'll be absolutely in the uh, doing some tailgating, throwing some elbows through some tables, I am yeah. sure, destroying <laughs> some Cowboys mannequins. The Cowboys should not be intimidated, but should have a lot of respect for a quality Buffalo team that has had some bad luck this season. Let's not give them any more. Let's make sure the Cowboys handle business. And if they do, Tom, we can at least keep the dream alive that the Cowboys can hang on to the division and perhaps some by some miracle, right? We'll need a little bit of a stumble. But it is possible, given the way Philly has played here recently, it's possible the Cowboys find their way to a bye. But it's got to start with a win against Buffalo. Yeah. Score prediction from you before I let us bounce. Oh, I hate doing score predictions. Okay. But this, this feels like... It. This feels like a a a, a twenty seven to to twenty three type of game, uh, you know, with uh, uh, the Bills driving at the end and the the defense getting a, a last minute stop to preserve the win. Yeah, well, I, I mean, hey, I think the Bills are going to be able to score. Like as good as the defense for the Cowboys has been, as good as they played, I think the the Bills will be able to get their twenty three or twenty five. Can the Cowboys outscore them the way that they need to to win this game? 
that's where I put my faith in number four. And we'll continue to do so. So for that, he's Tom. I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys. And we will see you next Thursday.